Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. I'm here once again with Kevin Golden, one of my partners, a member of the James Moore Manufacturing Team as well. So thanks again, Kevin, for being here. And uh, we're going we're gonna to talk through uh, cash flow management strategies, tips, techniques, uh, and other areas revolving around cash flow management on today's episode. So, um, so you know, cash flow management is critical for all businesses, uh, whether you're growing, holding steady, or even when faced with a downturn in business. Uh, and I know uh, we've got manufacturing clients kind of in a little bit of each of those stages. So, um, and, and they can pull different strains on the business in different ways. And so today we're gonna to talk a little bit about that and, and give some, some practices and tips and strategies, as I said, about this. But being proactive in cash flow management is, is really how you can make sure that you're doing everything you can to maintain strong cash flows, but also react positively when circumstances change. If you're being proactive, you're managing it properly, you're watching things, when something does go out of out of whack a little bit, you can respond quickly. So we're going to talk through some of the things that that manufacturers can do in, in their in their business. And you know, before we get started, one of the things that's always critical when we talk about manufacturing is the cycle of the pr product. Right, Kevin. So you know you've got this. You've you've got to order the raw materials. You you've well. First, let's even step back. You get a purchase order from a from a customer. You look at it. You order the raw materials. Raw materials come in. Uh, you get it started at some point in, in say a week to a couple weeks or so, uh, depending on backlog. Then you've got labor you're incurring, and then finally you ship it out the door. You send an invoice. You might have 30, 45, 60, or even longer terms with that with that manufacturer. So you might have a situation where you've ordered raw materials and, and three, four, five, six months later, you finally get the cash uh, related to that product for that production, that product. So you've paid the vendor, you've paid your employees, you've been paying overhead, and finally you get paid in that margin. And that, that cash flow particularly in a growth environment, can be really difficult to manage. Uh, oftentimes, you see uses of lines of credit, uh, things of that nature, in order to fund those, those payments. But you know what happens if you have a customer that delays even longer than their terms? Uh, and that, that's strain and stress. Uh, or you're not good at getting invoices out timely, some things that we'll talk about. So you need to have really the working capital and ability to manage those cash flows and project and predict those cash flows to help manage your business. And that's really the cycle a manufacturer has to deal with. And if you're shorter than that, that's that's great. The shorter you can make that cycle, obviously, the better for you. But oftentimes we have to do things to pick up that customer, to make that customer happy, to, you know, make sure that you can continue to grow your sales with a particular customer. So, you know, that being said, Kevin, let's jump into it. You know, in order to be prepared for, you know, the cash flow impacts and working capital and things of that nature, you know, where do we start with looking at cash flow management? Yeah. So first of all, let's take a step back. Probably a, a few podcasts or a few uh, videos ago, we talked about budgeting, right? And one thing while you're saying all this, Mike, is talking a lot about cash, one old saying, cash is king, okay? We've all heard it. We've said it multiple times ourselves. While the whole world around us has changed, that saying and that principle has not. 
cash is king. In good times and bad times, cash will always be king. So it only makes sense that you then budget around that, that you plan for that, that you have a plan for that, right? Because like you said, in growth times, and especially if you're any sort of hyper growth, there is a such thing as growing too fast. We won't get into that today. But in any growth period, uh, cash is crucial to making that, to being successful, coming out on the other end and going from point A to point B. So a couple of months ago, we talked about budgeting and so forth. That's going to tell you, well, here's where we are and here's where we think we're going to be. Now let's talk about cash flow forecasting. That's what's, how's it going to look? How are we going to get from point A to point B by the end of the year? That sounds all good if we have that great of the year, but how's it going to look? And let me tell you what, it's not always going to be easy. There's the leaner times, there's the times that are greater. But again, putting together a forecast that tells me, okay, what are my uses of cash? What are going to be my sources of cash? How during those months, maybe you have a business or a cycle that isn't as lean as you'd like it to be, and you've got to shorten that up. Well, in the meantime, how does that impact your cash? What kind of cash do you need to make it through that cycle? If you're a cyclical business, what kind of cash do you need in there in those slower times that you, maybe you see a cash, big cash flux? How long is that going to uh, take you through those slower times? Do you need to supplement that at all, right? I mean, these are a lot of pretty basic, but also very common questions that people will ask, right? Well, doing a cash flow forecast is going to help you through that. So that's simply planning and saying, hey, for the next month, two months, three months, six months, whole year, based on the business I'm expected to do, um, based on my cycles, my collection cycles, my billing cycles and everything, what kind of cash is that going to then leave me available to? And how easily is accessible is that cash, right? I mean, if you look at your, someone's balance sheet and they've got a lot of great assets and assets are high, but it's all sitting in inventory and we can't readily convert that into cash, that's going to create a problem, right? So again, cash flow forecast is going to point out these things, times where you are asset heavy, but cash poor, right? Um, and, and, how, and where those needs are. So then maybe you're going to a banker and you want to say, hey, I want to extend a line of credit, but how much? Even more importantly, when should I start having those discussions with my banker, right? To know that, hey, I'm coming up on a month in three months, six months, that's gonna be a little bit more challenging. I'm gonna need some help to make it through those months, right? Well, we all know uh, getting, getting an increase or getting a loan or anything like that never is a quick and easy. So the earlier you can start having those conversations and the earlier you notice these areas, you're going to be able to point that out a lot easier. You're going to be able to plan for that. And again, make, uh, you know, start having those conversations both internally as a management group of your team, as well as anyone else like your accountant, your banker, your lawyer, whoever it may be to, again, help you through those times where, hey, maybe it's going to be a little bit rougher. But again, um, cash flow forecasting is going to help you do that. And I mentioned a lot about planning for maybe times that are leaner, but also when times are really great, right? I mean, what else should I be doing that? Should I be, then be buying more in bulk in my inventory to get a, a better discount? Should I be negotiating other terms? Should I be paying down debt? Should I be doing something else? Again, it can go both ways, but the point is cash is king, so plan for it. And a cash flow forecast is definitely going to help you do that. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think you, so know, you, then, brought, up, you brought up the point of just, you know, of talking to your banker. Well, a lot of times the question is, well, how much do I need? How much do I need to talk to them about? Well, going back to the cash flow forecast, that can help you identify, hey, we need a half million dollar line, we need a million dollar line, we need a five million dollar line, whatever it might be. Putting that down and having these documents in place in order to um, talk to your banker is a great, great 
opportunity to show them, hey, we're really thinking ahead here. This is what we've got going on. And I think it makes it easier for them to understand your business, your business cycles. And then that allows them to go do the things they have to do internally at the bank to help fund this, you know, fund these these debt needs that you may have. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I mean, so now let's talk a little bit about, you know, some proactive measures, right? I mean, some things, what can I be doing now to improve my cash flows and so forth, right? You know, um, Mike mentioned earlier, okay, looking at that cycle, how can we make that leaner and more efficient? Again, we talked about, I think, in our last video about how, not necessarily how can I cut costs or anything, but how can I be more efficient with the tools I have, right? Um, and so and some other things you can be looking at is managing your customer credit, right? Well, what I mean by that? Well, when a customer doesn't pay timely, guess what? Whether you like it or not, you're financing that for them, right? Mm -hmm. You essentially become like a, a creditor, right? While it's not formalized like a bank loan is, it's still a, a form of, of a creditor. And so whenever a customer... Um, isn't paying timely according to their terms, right? Maybe you need to change those terms. Maybe it's a conversation you need to have. Maybe it's just an easy phone call to them and it's easily remedied. Again, then speeding up that cycle of converting from raw materials into cash, right? But again, making sure that uh, you know which customers you are extending that credit to and making sure that they're worthy of that, right? That they are really, you know, hey, these are, you know, vendors or clients that I work with on a regular basis that, you know, help we help each other thrive. Is that really worth it? Or is it, hey, maybe here are ones where I do need to change those terms because it isn't worth it, right? Uh, so look at those trends with your uh, customers and make sure, again, that you're holding them to terms that you've probably both agreed on, right? Um, you've delivered your end, so now it's to make sure that they hold up on their end, whether that's a 30-day uh, payment instead of 60. And again, um, that, that, that'll help out a lot. Um, also, looking at, um, you know, credit card, paying with credit cards. I mean, more and more today, you get your uh, phone app. I mean, I get a, a text message now and I get a bill from my medical providers that say, hey, you've got an invoice to pay, right? And I can pay it within a touch, right? Because mm -hmm. it's linked to my credit card. Uh, there are a lot of cool ways. It doesn't necessarily have to always be through an app or through a, a text message system like that, but there mm -hmm. are cool ways to help you speed that up, again, to make it easier, um, I know, even know amongst our own business, we've, we've implemented a, a few of those ideas that has helped tremendously with our clients who simply, it's just not at the top of their mind, but when they get that email, that text, or, or, or they can know that they can go online and pay with a credit card, they're a lot more e readily available to pay and more quickly able to pay. Um, so again, looking at, you know, some of those offerings, maybe those come from different banks that you work with already. Maybe they already have services like that, that you can capitalize upon. Right. Mm -hmm. um, another one. I mean, now we don't I don't necessarily recommend this in, in all scenarios. Not something we want to lean upon all the time, but it's factoring. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably know what factoring is, but in case you don't, it's where you take your receivables and you sell them at a discount. Right. For so you can more quickly convert those receivables into cash. Now, letting whoever, you know, that intermediary, whoever buys those, let them mm -hmm. worry about collecting in full. Right. Um, again, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a, a good uh, practice to make a, a habit of doing that, right? Most businesses, there are businesses who make a living off of that, but most mm -hmm. businesses that we're talking to and our clients uh, aren't doing that. But instead, it, but again, it's an option. I like options. It's an option. Mm -hmm. If you're in a tough spot, we got to come up with some cash in a hurry. Uh, you know, maybe we didn't, maybe our cash flow forecast changed uh, for whatever reason. Maybe the economy changed, whatever it may be. It's a great way to help convert uh, maybe your receivables into some quick cash that can get you through some of those times that may be, may be a little bit more difficult.
Yeah, that's a great point. Of course, everything we look at is, okay, what's the cost associated with lines of credit, with factoring, with with not doing, you know, with getting discounts and offering discounts and things like that. There's a cost factor involved. And, and how do you weigh that pros and cons? Now, you know, one of the ways that we often talk about a proactive measure, and this is, you know, any client that has, you know, that's been with me for any time is, no, I always talk about managing inventory levels. It's, it's the fair, it's, it's, inventory is obviously one of the most critical parts of a manufacturer. And, and especially when you look at the last, you know, two years with supply chain issues like nobody's ever seen before, a lot of manufacturers have been stocking up on inventory. Well, think about it. We're, we're buying these raw materials, so we have them. And we might have three, four, five, six, seven, eight months of raw materials on hand, depending on how that, how that, buying pattern went well that's literally cash that's sitting on on your you know in your inventory shelves waiting to be used and so again i understand some extreme circumstances uh with the last two years but i've seen this for years and years and years where we look at inventory levels and oftentimes it's in many situations where client companies have not even gone through the calculation to say well how many months do i have on hand and how long does it take my vendor to get me the, the the materials I need? Well, if I've got two or three months on hand and it takes a week or two to get it from the vendor, I don't need to be holding two or three months of, of inventory on hand because that's just using up cash where I don't need it to be used. Um, interestingly, you know, in terms of this whole buildup of inventory, you know, just read an article where Nike, for example, is talking about how they're going to get their inventories down to normalized levels by the end of this year. And that's something that I think, you know, particularly now, all manufacturers should be looking at, okay, how do we start where possible, uh, draw these inventories down, get them back towards normal levels. Uh, You know, and once you're able to do that, that changes your cash, right? You're, You're able to build cash again and not or at least be able to fund some of the working capital yourself that you need. And, and I, that, that tr- makes tremendous help. You know, the other thing is supply chain management, working with your suppliers, giving them insight into what you need um, to, you know, fill those orders. And, and I think when you work proactively with them, working with them on quality issues, if there are any, working with them on any other type issues that you might have, maybe, maybe you get, you know, X amount of product and you have you have to turn away 10% of it because of problems. Well, work with your supply chain management, work out those issues, show them you trust them. And if they can't, you know, obviously if there's availability of other other vendors out there, we'll go, go work with them. Um, you know, to the extent possible, you can look at your vendor terms. Can you try to turn them from 30 days to 45? If, if your customers are 45 and 60 days or so, um, try to get your vendors closer to that 45 days whenever possible to, to try to build that up. Now, Kevin mentioned, uh, you know, potentially some bulk buys with, with discounts. And, and that, that's a possibility. There, there might be some ways to do that. Um, I still go back to first and foremost, looking at the cost. What's that discount versus holding that cash? If you're borrowing on a line of credit, if you're flush with cash, then buying and getting a discount is one thing. If you're not flush with cash and you're borrowing and that discount isn't enough to outweigh the borrowing cost, then that may or may not be a good a good way to go. You just have to look at it uh, based on circumstances that that you're in. Uh, so, you know, managing inventory levels, critical, obviously looking at overhead costs and spend and things like that to deal with cash flow management, 
all that starts with your budget, like Kevin said, into your cash flow forecast, and then into okay, how do we put this into practice? Or or because of the cash flow forecast, we're seeing shortages. How do we? What do we do as a management team, as a company, to shore that up? Um, you know, one of the other areas, and and Kevin alluded this a little while ago, is processes. Now, you, Kevin mentioned looking at your customer credit, evaluating your customers. Okay, we'll build that into, okay, well, what is our payment and collection process? Do we have a proactive process? You know, I often suggest looking at your receivables weekly, uh, looking at who's paying, who's not, who's past due, giving them a phone call. But how do you improve that cash flow, that communication to make sure that you're hitting those terms and how do you follow up with that? Um, you know, the big course starting back is you, you're going to ship something out. When you ship something out, how promptly are you sending your invoices out? Are they going at the same time? Are you emailing them? Do you have the right contact? You know, it might be a good thing every once in a while, make sure you have the right contacts at the customer. If you ever noticed, you know, sometimes you get delayed pay and, and you call and you get bounced around, well, you might not have the right contact. So one of the things that we need to make sure of is you have the right contact. You're sending the invoices to the right place, um, making sure that your pricing is is correct. You know, sometimes there's questions on pricing or paperwork, you know, work through when you see issues that pop up. Uh, a lot of times you can do like a Pareto analysis to say, okay, uh, where, where are my problem when I, when I'm not collecting because we have issues with our invoices or pricing or paperwork, where are they happening? How do we, how do we streamline those? How do we make those work more efficiently? So we're not running into delays, fix those processes and then have a, a process to evaluate and make sure you're collecting timely. When you're not, go talk to their management team and say, hey, we agreed that we're going to ship it on, on, on these timeframes and you're going to pay in this timeframe, but you're 15, 20, 30 days behind that. Uh, how, do, how do we rectify this to get to a good spot? And I think, you know, the more open communication you have, the better you're going to, better relationship you're going to have with your customer, the better you're going to set expectations. And I think the better that you're going to find uh, your collection process. So, that's a whole lot of information, Kevin. You know, I'll give you a chance to kind of summarize anything, any thoughts here. I just spit yeah. out a whole lot on on top of it. But any other thoughts that you might have? Sure. No, I think one thing you point out that's that's always great, Mike, is that these are a lot of different signs and ways and tools to use to help out with your cash flow. Okay. No one of these things is the answer. There isn't. Oh, if I just manage my inventory better, or my billing print collections process, or this or that. It's a collection of these. You've got to always take a step back and say, does it make sense? Okay, well, I'm thinking about doing this or this whenever I invoice or this on my you know, inventory now. Does it make sense though? Take a step back. Does that make sense? Just use good old common sense, right? Does it make sense, right? Um, I'm always a big fan of saying, again, cash flow uh, management, extremely important because you hate being asset rich, but cash poor. And what I mean by that is when is it a good time to pay down debt versus invest in inventory versus just keeping cold, hard cash on hand? Uh, you know, what makes sense? Again, taking a look at the bigger picture, having easy access to cash, right? There's times that where you do need to hold a reserve. And what does that look like for your business based on your cycles and your customers, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, I like options. If I have easy access to cash through reserve, I have an option. Whenever I don't and I'm very low on cash, I don't have a lot of options. And then that can sometimes lead to bad decisions, right? And then the last thing is just all of this. Why do you do all this? Okay, there's a lot of good reasons. It makes me feel better and all that, but it's a peace of mind. 
whenever you're able to plan for these things, know that you're looking at these things, working these together with your customers, your vendors, your internal teams, you're going to sleep a little better at night knowing, hey, not that we're perfect, not that we've got everything figured out, but we're working on it. And day by day, we're getting better at it to become more efficient, provide better, you know, which results in better quality for our customers and better relationships with our vendors all around. So again, it brings a peace of mind. That's why things like this are important because if that affects you day to day and how you're able to continue to work and thrive in your business. Great points. Great summary. Uh, Kevin, thanks for all your insights today. Um, you know, this, this is obviously an extremely important topic and, and some companies are great at it. Some companies are not so great at it, but I, I think these uh, tips and techniques and, and other reports that can be used to be uh, really helpful for somebody that hasn't implemented them before. So uh, thanks for all the listeners out there. Uh, I hope you have, uh, if you have, of course, if you have, ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to Kevin or I. This is something we love talking about, love helping companies with. But uh, uh, so I hope, uh, again, you have a great, successful month. Looking forward to uh, being able to have another conversation next month. And I hope everyone has a great rest of their day and their week. To learn more about James Moore and Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.